Are you ready? Ready to transform your life and step into the person that you say you want to be. Ready to stop talking and start doing. I'm Ange, a health and fitness coach. And I'm Ashley, a Reiki master and energy healer. And we are here to help you do exactly that. And you're busy. We get that because we are too. But even with the challenges and chaos, you deserve and can live a life full of absolute joy, happiness, and purpose. We want you to join us in taking radical responsibility so that you can take everything in your life to that next level. Have the best sex of your life. Live in a body that you love. Let go of worry and stress. And live in total alignment. Your happier, healthier, and amazing life is waiting for you. Let's get into today's episode. Hello. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, you are hearing the voice of a goddess. We have just had the pleasure of meeting. Welcome to the Transform Your Life podcast, Cassandra Reyes. Um, Ange, how are you doing? You're sitting here. I see you grinning from the other side. Um, I'm so happy. I put on a shirt today that embodies Florida because we met um, this beautiful queen in Florida. I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to have on something Florida. And then I even got my little like pineapple (laughs) cup. I'm like, okay, we're fully embracing Florida. So (laughs) it's not the hottest year, but Florida on the inside. Beautiful. Amazing. And welcome, Cassandra. We are so happy to have you on. Um, We met this gorgeous queen at our breathwork certification. And Cassandra, we'll let you just kind of do a little intro of who you are, what you do, and the way that you show up in the world. Um, You've been explaining to us just a little bit before we hopped on the call, some of the things that you're doing. And so we just want you to have the opportunity to share some of that. Um, Yeah. And then we'll dive right into all the awesomeness that that is. Thank you so much for the introduction. My name is Cassandra Reyes and I currently live in St. Pete, Florida. I'm originally from New Jersey. I'm Puerto Rican by descent. Um, So I'm I'm Latina. So with that growing up, there was a lot of um, just cultural changes in my life moving from Florida I mean, moving from New Jersey to Florida, I lived in California and DC, kind of just figuring out where I resonate with the most. But um, I'm basically a life and confidence coach for women, and I specifically practice sexual and sensual embodiment and intimacy work through movement and somatic release. And I got into that line of work because I personally went through sexual abuse as a child um, with both a, a man, a male and a female. And then I also went through physical abuse as a child and an adult. And through those traumas, I actually disconnected from my body. I didn't know my value. I didn't know my worth. I didn't, I didn't even know really who I was internally and the body's um, wisdom that it was carrying and the signals that it was telling me, I ignored it. And so for a long time, I was disconnected from my sexuality, especially going through sexual abuse. I almost felt like it was wrong to have sex and it felt icky or gross or I pretended to orgasm, right? I'm sure we've done that before. Um, But I wasn't connected. Like it was just like, okay, almost like a chore. Like I have to do this and that's about it. And and now we're done. Um, And then also through the physical abuse, I was disconnected from anyone touching me. That was a big thing. I, I, didn't want to be hugged. I didn't want to hug anyone. I didn't want 
it was just my body would contract when I would feel any sort of physical or sexual touch in any way, anything really intimate. And um, ironically, through sexual embodiment, sensual embodiment and doing these somatic intimacy practices, I've been able to activate my sexuality and really heal the physical and the sexual trauma through the embodiment of moving and expressing yourself and feeling really good inside your body. And that takes, you know, it takes practice and it takes commitment to yourself, but that's essentially what led me to being able to show up and lead women back into their sexuality and their sensuality so they can feel delicious, deep, juicy, pleasure. Oh, girl, all of that. I just want to fucking hug you. I want to like be in your space. Thank you for sharing that, that richness of your journey. Um, it sounds like it has been a bumpy road to where you are, but the ultimate end being exactly where you've always meant to be. Mm -hmm. And so what, what, what was your first experience with female embodiment. When you say you were disconnected from your body, you were disconnected from sex. You were just like, don't touch me. Don't, mm -hmm. don't love on me. I can't. Um, what, what shifted that? When, what, when did you kind of move into the realm that you're in or what was that first step like? Mm -hmm. So there's actually a lot of layers to this. My first experience, um, getting into sexual embodiment was actually, I was in a couple or a thruple with a man and a woman. And through that experience, I was able to heal um, the trauma from the sexual abuse from the man and the woman. So it was a really beautiful, it was like the polarity between the trauma and the pleasure and turning your pain into pleasure. So that was kind of the first taste of what that even looked like. And then in 2020, after the pandemic, I had lost my job and it really gave me a time and a chance to reflect within and see why I was so disconnected because I just didn't feel good. I didn't, I, I felt lifeless. I kind of felt depressed. I felt like I woke up without a passion or a purpose. I just kind of woke up feeling like when's the next day, maybe like dreading getting out of bed because you don't have a plan or purpose. I wasn't enjoying life the way I do now. And that that's kind of how it started my journey. And then I started to do a feminine embodiment certification. And that really opened up portals to pleasure. And then I started to do a Tantra certification. So I'm actually currently doing a um, a Tantra certification to become a practitioner in Tantra, but I've already done a couple certifications before. And then I also do my own, um, own learning process, I guess. Uh, right now I am into this training manual. It's called the art of sexual ecstasy. And it's basically a training manual of high sex and how to really be in tune and present with what you're doing. And it's not just with another person, but it's with yourself first and foremost, how to activate more pleasure in your everyday life, not just in the bedroom, like activate more pleasure when you wake up, when you look in the mirror, when you brush your teeth, when you go to the bathroom, you know, when, when you drink water, how do you, how can you activate more pleasure when you're doing small things throughout the day? And that's, that's kind of how I started to unravel this, this, um, purpose basically in my life like this this path that I'm I know that I'm here to help women rise into their sexuality their sensuality to feel more pleasure so that's that's kind of a gist of how it all started oh so beautiful 
Thank you. Mm. You say that you feel called to act in this way and to show up in this way, Cassandra. And I love that you have like felt the need and the desire to do that. So what I'm wondering is when you do work with women and when you, they do come into your space, what does that look like? What does embodiment look like with them? What do you have them do? Mm, I love that question. So first and foremost, you know, we can get into the physical acts of the doing of, you know, intimacy, pleasure, all that stuff. But really, it starts from within, right? And everything does. But um, with my clients specifically, we start to go into trusting ourselves, finding safety within our bodies. And we'll do different kind of nervous system regulation practices to find the safety. So breath work, how we met, EFT tapping, um, meditations just really coming into the body and then we'll, we'll we start from the root because in order to have any sort of change in your life you need to have awareness and then you need to accept it and then you can take action which is like the unique framework that I use for my clients it's called the triple a effect and so we go all the way back to our childhood and we start there because a lot of what a lot of our conditioning and our patterns and our habits around sexuality, sensuality, confidence, pleasure stems from our childhood, maybe religion. And you were told that, you know, sex is bad. It's only for creation or you couldn't touch yourself because it's a sin. Or maybe um, maybe you saw your parents and they weren't physically affectionate and you didn't have a good example of what that even looked like to feel pleased or to receive physical uh, physical touch. So we start from the root and we work our way up into our childhood until our teenage, until adult. And then we break down all of the conditioning that society has put on us as women. And we untangle that knot and we really open it up to see how can we reteach ourselves or reparent ourselves in a way where we can pick and choose the beliefs that we want and remove the ones that are no longer serving us. Right. So one one belief is like um sex has to be you you have sex you ejaculate you come and you're done that's it it's it's over like that is the goal is to get there when that sex is the most powerful energy that we can touch as human beings by ourselves and together it is the the energy of creation and why are we just skimming over it just to get to an end and not knowing what this energy is really used for or can be used for it can be alchemized into and so I teach my clients how what that even looks like what that looks like for them how they like to be pleased how they like to receive pleasure what is intimacy even like and that starts from intimacy within themselves before we start doing anything with anyone else we do it with ourselves I help them practice mirror work um, affirmation subconscious reprogramming and then we get into the actual somatics of the movement, which is our body. So closing your eyes, turning on different um, senses, like right, activating your senses with smells, taste, touch, music, and really getting into your body, getting into what's coming through. Because sometimes we have trauma, we have energy in our body that has no words. 
Maybe you can't meditate and sit still. Maybe your body needs to move. Maybe there's nothing to write down and journal. Sometimes there's energy in our bodies that we don't even know how to describe. But once we move it around, it starts to release. It starts to open up. You start to unlock and you feel so much better, which is why crying sometimes happens, which is a beautiful release, right? When you cry, you release. And sometimes you don't even know why you're crying. You're just crying, but you feel so, so good. So that's that's kind of the practice that I take my clients through. Oh, I love it. I Even just the words that you're using, yeah. I just feel hmm. like when you talk about alchemy in the body, right? When you talk about unleashing and unlocking, and I think that's those words themselves are just so powerful in connection to what it is that you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, when you talk about the energy of creation, because that's what sex is, right? Um, procreation is part of why people do have sex, but it's actually the energy of creation. And that energy is love, right? And comes from our highest divine self, right? And I think that that's just so the way that you've articulated is really beautiful and very powerful. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you. And so I want to talk a little bit about why you came to Breathwork. I mean, the, the universe, she's doing her thing. She's lining <laughs> us all up. She's bringing people into our world. But I remember meeting you at when Angela and I were getting our Breathwork certification in Florida. You walked in and I was like, ooh, that girl is fucking confident you were wearing like this little belly top and just like just your air about you right and so in may in the empower collective we were talking all about confidence and how to boost it and how to have it and i was just like that girl has it going on and then we'll talk a little bit about your experience on the mat and actually okay. experiencing that breath work um, and what that was like for you but i remember it just being so crystal clear that this girl knows exactly who she is. She knows she's a fucking queen and not in like an arrogant or like snooty or anything kind of way. It was just like uh, this really deep knowingness that you carried with you. Mm. And so when I say that, what shows up or what, what do you remember from that day? Because I have some memories of that day and I'm just like, juicy is another word you said. You said juicy and delicious. And those would be words that I would absolutely describe you as like just this like juicy delicious just like mm, come on in right and so yeah I would just love your take on that I love that thank you I received that so much um I essentially went to the breath work I was actually I went through a breakthrough um the day before which is interesting. I had a friend of mine, she did a Reiki healing session on me and it was very powerful and very profound. And, um, I took a micro dose of mushrooms and then I went into this healing ceremony and my great grandmother actually came to me during that ceremony. And I felt this block over my third eye and I've been feeling it for a while. I, I, I just felt this, like, I felt like I couldn't see uh, when I was in my meditations, when I was in my embodiment, I felt like I, I couldn't get there. Like I couldn't connect. And during this healing ceremony, she came into my awareness and she was blocking me. I felt her hands here. And my friend, she's like, what does your grandmother want you to know? Like, what is she trying to hide you from? And it was the pain of the women in my lineage and what they went through. And I got visions of them not basically giving their power away 
always giving their power away, never speaking up, not speaking their truth, catering to specifically their men and not having a voice. And in the vision, I was telling my great grandma, I'm like, I can see now. I can see now. It's okay for me to see. I can see it. And so I felt like she was almost like releasing her hands so I could see. But it was also the weight of my ancestors and all the women in my life. I felt it on the right side of my body, how they had this mistrust for men and the masculine. And my whole body was tense and tight. And I was like, I don't have to hold on to this anymore. I don't have to hold on to their suffering. I don't have to hold on to their pain. I don't have to hold on to their generational trauma anymore. I don't have to keep walking with with this in my life. And as soon as I released and surrendered that, I felt the earth almost like encapsulate me in a blanket and my whole right side body just collapsed, trusting. And I felt this undeniable safety within myself, this comforting safety that I don't have to seek safety outside of anybody. I don't have to feel safe with anyone else other than myself. I need to feel safe with me. My responsibility is my safety within myself, not to seek safety with other people. And as soon as I had that realization, I felt just one. I felt whole. And that's when I had the vision of I'm my purpose too, that came to me that I'm here to help women rise. And I saw visions of women next to me on the floor with tape over their mouths. And I was just picking them up, picking them up and they were picking each other up and they were picking each other. And it was just a domino effect of women just rising into their power. And it was the most beautiful experience. And this was unplanned. I didn't plan the breath work right after it just was divine alignment that it happened. I had signed up for the breath work weeks in advance because Fabiana was like a brother to me. Um, so I did. I, and then I went and I was just, I just felt so good after that session, after that healing session, I felt like I finally was like, it felt, it felt like everything kind of clicked together. Everything was clicking and falling into place. And I felt really embodied with who I am and all of the work that I've been doing kind of just, it broke through that day. And really the energy that you are feeling is just me knowing who I am and honoring all of the parts of me. It's not that, you know, I'm not perfect. No one's perfect, but I'm loving all of those imperfections. It's like falling in love with your shadows and your darkness and the ugly sides that you want to hide and not show people falling in love with your mistakes and the, and maybe the people that you've hurt in the past or the lies that you've told or the things that you've done that haven't been out of love. But falling in love with those pieces and those aspects of me, that's that's how I was able to like just be like, okay, this is who I am and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I may have done some effed up shit in the past, but I love that part of me because it's molded me into this woman that I am today. And I've gained so many valuable lessons and blessings from it. And it's, it's all for a divine purpose. And it was, it's led me here to both of you. So, so that's where that, that energy kind of comes from is just like owning those parts that we, you know, sometimes even like they say, okay, self-love practices, do your affirmations in the mirror, which is great, all fine and dandy. But the real test is loving yourself when you're not feeling good. Mm -hmm. 
that is the real test. When you look in the mirror, maybe you're on your cycle and you're bloated and you're fatigued and you're feeling all of these hormones coming in and you're like, oh, I feel like shit. How can I love myself in this moment? How can I honor the roles? How can I honor the cramps? How can I honor where, where my mind is at right now? Maybe it's not all positive all the time and it doesn't have to be. That's beautiful. But honoring that, those parts, honoring the light and the darkness, the shadows and the light, honoring those pieces and letting them dance together. Yes. Uh, so it's interesting. So you talk about the right side of the body and on here, when I do this, it looks like the left side, but the right side does represent the past and the masculine, right? And when you talk about like this part of your body, just like, oh, mm-hmm. that we carry right here, um, our generational, our ancestral, um, and the weight of the world. Right. Um, so that makes so much sense to me, um, that that was your, your experience. Um, the other thing that you have said two or three times now is actually rising women rising and how interesting Angela, when we were on the mat prior to us facilitating the breath work, we actually, um, Angela had this vision of like Phoenix rising and it was, ended up so when we were doing like our practice round we had there was five women in the group and there were seven men and just by divine intervention this was not planned all the men were on the carp or on the mats first and all the women were on the mat second so we were we were all receiving breath work at the exact same time along with one of our brothers his name's Aaron um who's been on the podcast and just like this really beautiful grounding masculine energy. So he was a perfect addition, but it was just like, it was really neat to see, to just that women rising. That is what the empowered collective is really all about. And so I think it's so beautiful that in that space and in that moment that we were led to each other um, through yes. that rising um, and that place of just like, divinity even though this has all been you know happening and um the puzzles are the puzzle pieces are falling into place far before we even know it right Mm -hmm. when you say oh i was i was doing breath work or i was signed up for breath work way before and yet there it landed just the very next day Mm -hmm. so beautiful divine alignment wow that's beautiful that you had that vision Mm. and you know it's funny because I, as soon as I came close to you, when you were receiving breath work, like I was like vibrational match, like instantly, like, and when we went through like the whole room, you were the only one who I had that experience with that. I'm not sure if you had the same thing, Ashley, but it was like instantly the whole body is like, she's rising with us. She's coming along. And even in the way that you expressed yourself during breath work, I feel like breath work is really this opportunity for full expression. And sometimes full expression ends up being tears. Sometimes it ends up being um, loud screaming. And sometimes it ends up being joy and pleasure. And that's what we witnessed with you, Cassandra. So would you mind sharing with us what it was that you were feeling and how you were able to release and express joy and pleasure during that moment? Mm, yes, I would love to. So my breath work experience um, was definitely not like any other experience I've experienced before. The last time I did a really intense breath work ceremony like that, there was a lot of tears and shaking and um, lots of trauma coming up and, and all of the things. But I my intention before I started was to play. That was my intention to play with whatever is coming through. 
however it happens, I just want to play. And sometimes trauma healing, right? Just sometimes healing doesn't always have to be crying, screaming, yelling, anger. It can be the joy, the pleasure, like alchemizing it into that. Mm-hmm. So essentially during my session, I started to really connect within my body and I started to feel really connected to my body and I surrendered. That was the one thing that I allowed myself to do. I was like, surrender, be in your own container, even if you're hearing screaming or crying or whatever's happening outside of you, to be in your own safe container that you are safe within you, no matter what's happening outside of you, because I'm very sensitive to energies and I'm extremely empathetic. So if I start connecting with someone else's energy, I'll start to feel it. And so I was really adamant about creating a safety bubble around me so I could fully express and surrender into what was happening. And so I started to just feel so grateful. Um, Backstory, I had just a lot of things happening in my life. I owned an all-organic meal prep company for two and a half years during the pandemic. And I decided to sell that business and start life coaching. And through starting life coaching, it was a struggle. It was really hard financially, emotionally, mentally, physically. It was. It felt like I was on survive, in survival mode. A lot of the, tr- the time just trying to make this like this my purpose and just do it and even though it was like really really hard I still was super resilient but I started to become grateful because of all of those steps that I have taken and because of the woman that I'm becoming and rising into which was the vision I had the day before which was really just being safe within myself and being myself and honoring myself and loving like this, the shadow parts. And that's what came up. There was shadow parts that came up that they were ugly to some people, but I started laughing. I, I literally could not stop laughing. I don't even know what was coming through, but it was, it was just like hysterical laughing for everything that I've been through at some, some points. It's like so comical that I'm like, wow, I've gone through a lot of stuff to be able to get to this place. Like, this is amazing. How freaking amazing. And I saw myself in, I'm a visual person. I think that, what is that? Clairvoyant? Is that vision? Yeah. So I'm a clairvoyant and, um, I saw a visual of me in like a cage and breaking out of the cage, like breaking free from the chains. Like I felt like I had chains and the chains led to things that people have told me, judgments that they've put on me, conditions, past habits, patterns, people who haven't supported me and have said lots of mean things to me, kind of just holding on to my wrists. And through the breath work, I was able to like break through, break out of those shackles. And from that breakthrough became pleasure. And that's when I started to really like, it, it did almost sound like an orgasm. I'm not, I remember I was like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> whatever she's got going on like that is I mean I know I'm facilitating but whatever she's doing I'm doing that yeah, it, <laughs> it was just sounded like this and it wasn't like the the uh, 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 but it was almost it was like oh oh and I was like she is happy she is good she is nailing it whatever that is and yeah it did 
Yeah. So I, I just allowed myself to let go. So many, especially in a group container, I feel like we get into our heads so much because we fear what, how we're going to sound or look or be judged based on our fullest expression. Um, and because I'm embodying just me authentically, I just allowed myself to release and let go with what was going to just authentically come through. And what came through was moaning and, and feeling the sounds of like, finally like release right that's kind of what it was it was like releasing the shackles releasing from the cage releasing from feeling trapped uh because i had previously ended a relationship that did make me feel i felt trapped i felt judged especially for the line of work that i'm in they just didn't approve of what i was doing and so it was a lot of like push and pull of like i want to do this but i'm going to be judged by my ex-partner and this is then i'm going to stop myself so it was a lot of just like releasing everything right releasing physical partners releasing the past traumas releasing and in that release the release from the pain came pleasure i alchemized that into the pleasure and i was like i just want to feel good Mm. i want to feel so freaking good and i'm going to allow myself to feel that and so yes yes and I remember girl I remember and I don't know if it was right at the end but it was closer to the end you were holding yourself you were literally hugging yourself before we there was even any dictation from Fabiano to to like hold yourself you were literally just like squeezing yourself and you were saying I love you I love you I love you I love you I love me I love and I was just like oh that is it was a really beautiful why we do breath work. It was like mm-hmm. that, that right there when you like fully, you were embodying it. And then it was just like this, like you were in, and it was just like this pure love moment. Um, yeah, it was really beautiful. Yes. So that came from, because for so long in my life, I didn't honor myself. I didn't value myself. I didn't respect myself. I didn't um, love myself. I didn't even think I was beautiful for a long time in my life. Like there was parts of me that neglected my body. I neglected my, my values. I, I neglected myself in different relationships and different careers and, and just not taking care of myself to the fullest potential. And so that was like an ultimate devotion to me. That was an ultimate love letter to myself that I love you. And it's a daily practice that I do every single day. Even if I'm not feeling good, I make it a habit to just be like, you know what? I'm in yoga class and they're like, hug your knees. You know, they tell you to hug your knees. And I'm just like kissing my body and a lot of people. And I help my clients to the them, like, just give yourself a kiss, like give yourself a hug. Like, uh, because it's so important. Like, it's so important to have this physical connection with yourself. We crave physical connection from other people, but are we actually giving that to ourselves? So that came from that loving myself came from a lack of not loving myself for a really long time. And it was that confirmation that, wow, I can love myself. I'm allowed to love myself. I'm giving myself permission to love myself, even if nobody else does. Uh so oh, hell yeah, girl. Oh. <clears throat> I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm just going to share a little story because I, um, for those that have listened to the podcast, I'm because Andrew might not know this information, but um, <clears throat> I was uh, married once. And, um, and so in my healing afterwards, I have really explored pleasure mm-hmm. and it has been such a coming home for me. I feel like I suppressed myself sexually for like over 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And in that, it's like every element of my life has become better because self-pleasure and pleasure is such a priority every single day. Mm -hmm. And so I too can speak to, this is such important work and Mm -hmm. so important um, that we do it for ourselves, regardless of the people we may have been with in the past, because really it is our birthright. Pleasure is our birthright and prioritizing that is so So important. So I would love to know what does your self-pleasure or pleasure practice look like? Um, Yeah. Yes. It's all the juice. Yes. I'm so so proud of you for connecting back to yourself and giving yourself the pleasure that you need because you deserve that. And it is our birthright. So I just want to just commend you for that because that was really beautiful. And yeah, especially when you're in long-term relationships, sometimes you do disconnect from yourself because your focus is on the other person or your career or everything else. (laughs) And then you're left at home like, hey, what happened to me? I didn't give myself any time of day today. What, What? Why do I feel so empty? Mm -hmm. is important to ourselves so with that being said leading into my pleasure practice pouring into myself is a non-negotiable these pleasure practices are now a non-negotiable no matter what I do as soon as I wake up no matter how busy my schedule is what plans I have if I have to go to the airport early in the morning whatever the case is I will condense it or I will elongate the time that I take for myself in the morning. And it starts with something very simple. I just, I wake up and I do a gratitude practice. I just sit in my bed and I just say how grateful I am to be alive, how I can breathe, I can see, I can hear, I can speak, I can touch, I can taste, I can smell. I really just, I feel really grateful for my senses and being able to walk because there are a lot of people who don't have that ability to have that. And so I come back into my body first. And then um, the next thing I do, as far as my pleasure practice goes, is I go directly into the mirror. I don't care if my hair is a mess. I got gunk in my eyes. I haven't brushed my teeth. I'm looking crazy. I go into that mirror. I look into my eyes and I tell myself how beautiful I am and how much I honor myself and love myself and how today is going to be the best day ever. And I will touch every part of myself, loving my head and my hair and my nose and my teeth and my lips. And I'll start to touch myself and tell myself how beautiful I am. And then I'll throw on some music and do some feminine embodiment practices, which is basically just allowing your body to organically move through what it's feeling. So I'll do a check-in. I'll close my eyes. I'll get on all fours or stand up and I'll kind of let my body be the guide. I let it move to wherever it wants to move. I let it like if there's any tension or tightness, I kind of bring awareness to that space and I allow it to feel and be with that energy, not judging it, not ignoring it, not suppressing it, putting it to the side, but really letting it play, opening that space up for it to come, come through and dance because it just wants attention. It just needs love, it just wants attention. It just wants to feel good. And through that, it's very simple. And there are plenty of other dynamics that I can add on, like activating your senses, activating your sense of smell, taste, touch, all of it. But those those three things in the morning are probably the key to the pleasure practice and to creating like a delicious, juicy day every single day is 
starting there, honoring the fuck out of yourself, mm-hmm. even if you don't want to making a commitment, right? A lot of people say self-discipline is hard, right? When you hear discipline, you just think it's like hard and rigid and kind of rough. But if you change your perspective to think about like self-discipline is actually just like ultimate self-devotion to yourself. That is the ultimate self-love. Loving yourself so much that you are committing to you 1000% and making it a non-negotiable and no one else comes first except for you. We can't pour into anything else. We can't pour into our business. We can't pour into our kids, our relationship, our careers without pouring into us first. And so making that a non-negotiable has been the best. It's, it's transformed my life. Um, to be quite honest, it's literally transformed my life and the way I show up in life and business. Um, and even on this podcast, just to put myself first and, and just pour into you first. Like when you're doing your pleasure practices, just those three things I would say are like the biggest things for transformation for pleasure. Mm. I feel like this whole podcast is just like, hmm. yeah, <laughs> like it's just, it, we just go back and forth on who's like, ah. Uh. Those like those sexy moans and groans that just are like a big yes Mm. that come from that gutter all like oh yum yes it should you should feel turned the fuck on every single day okay (laughs) to feel turned on every day I'm like my pussy should be wet every day okay (laughs) agreed agreed and okay so this is so interesting because one of the things that I have said to to Angela. And depending on what it is that we're doing or like when we're hosting different things or like whatever, like just the way that my body responds, I'm like, I am so turned on for my life right now. Like I just like, like what we get to do just makes me so horny for life. Like I just, right. And so that speaks exactly. Oh my God. I just, oh, I agree, girl. But you know how at events, how I'm like humping people's legs? Yes. I was just <laughs> totally like, yeah, totally picturing that. You're right. Yeah, we do get turned on. And I'm like a horny little dog. Like people are yeah. coming into the events. I'm like, I just need to hump you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh I love it. This okay, is like, so. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say you had chatted with us a little bit about, um, so your experience through you, you were in a long-term relationship, ended that, you were single for a little bit, and then you said this word king that was just so like, I got juicy. Now you've got a king in your life. And so what I'm wondering for anybody who's listening, we're all in different places, phases, seasons of life. And when it comes to operating in each of those places, how did you show up? for yourself, sexually, in embodiment, um, or with a partner or multiple partners, right? You mentioned being in a throuple. So what does that look like? I'm just thinking for wherever you're at as a listener, what can what can she or he be doing to maximize that um, regardless of kind of what's happening in your relationship or no relationship? Yeah, so um, that's a beautiful question. So I'll just go down the line of like, if you're in a relationship, um, really making sure that you're not allowing 
the relationship to consume you in a way where you are sacrificing your morals and your values and your desires for someone else, not molding yourself to fit someone else's desire, but really being an individual in in the partnership, having your own space, your own practice and practicing communication. That one's huge. Practice talking about what you need, what you desire. If let's say you've been in a long-term relationship and you're just getting into Tantra or intimacy work and you really want to explore this with your partner, communicating your desires is going to be the first and foremost thing because we are not mind readers. Nobody is a mind reader. I know you want to think that, you know, your partner should be able to know what you want. I've already went through that road. They don't <laughs> they have no idea until you tell them. Yeah. So even just setting them aside and like, Hey, um, I'm really wanting to explore something different and something intimate with you. Would you be open to that? Starting it with a question, asking them if they would even be open to something like this. Um, and, and making sure you're taking time to practice self-pleasure for you as well. Even if you are in a relationship, take time for you. Figure out what you like. Some of us don't even know what we like because we haven't explored it. Play. Allow yourself to play and be touched. Do you like, um, do you like soft touch or do you like more of like slapping or do you like, do you, do you want like more aggression or primal or are you wanting more energetic connection or sensory activation? You have to get clear with what you like and what you want and communicate those desires. That is the biggest thing. And yes, there will be a lot of fear around communicating these desires because it's scary to tell somebody what you want, especially because it's extremely vulnerable if the other person isn't able to receive it. But know that when you are clear and you start to explore it on your own, you'll feel more comfortable sharing what you want, even if it's like, I want to be tied up on the bed. You know, I just got a canopy bed just for that. So, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, for couples, I would say communication is huge. The last relationship that I was in, it was a long-term three-year relationship and I introduced him to Tantra and it was very basic. Um, I, I would just go through the steps. It wasn't like all in, like, I don't recommend anybody going from zero to hundred and going all the way in, but taking baby steps to open up and create better intimacy within your relationship. So even if that's the sitting across from each other, cross-legged and just looking into each other's eyes for 30 seconds and really seeing each other before you start having sex or getting intimate, really just receiving the other person through their soul, through the windows of their soul, which is their eyes. Maybe it's breathing together, meditating together, and then going into the communicating your desires. How do you like to feel during sex? What are some fears you have during sex what are what's a fantasy that you have during sex and bringing though bringing that to the awareness because some of us we just have sex and we don't even know any of these things right maybe there's a fear a trauma that um maybe you used to get abused as a child and you don't want to be spanked and then the person spanks you and all of a sudden now you're constricted your body's constricted and and it doesn't want to release and receive you because of the trauma but the other person doesn't know because we haven't expressed it we haven't expressed what we want, what we like, what we desire, what we crave. So communication is a big one when it comes to experiencing this with another person. And then with yourself, there's if you're single, 
and by yourself, even if you are in a relationship, but primarily if you're single, exploring these parts of yourself. And if you're dating, communicating these as a foundation, as the set foundation. So don't date someone and then later on, three months later, then you're going to tell them something, your, you know, your found your boundaries, like set the foundation first. Like these are my boundaries. This is what I will do. This is what I won't do. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. And then that will set the foundation for the rest of whatever that relationship decides to transition into. But this way, you know your worth, you know your values, you know your boundaries, and they're not overstepped. And if they are, you know when to leave the leave the situation because in order for our bodies to really experience this ecstatic, delicious pleasure in intimacy, we have to feel safe. We, especially as women, we have to feel safe within our bodies for us, for our, for our, for our vaginas, basically to open up, to receive the other person, to, to orgasm, to squirt, to feel this pleasure. You need to feel safe. Like when you are having sex and you feel a lot of stimulation, it's just a lot. And you want to tell the other person to stop. It's in that stop that you need to surrender and pull back and lean back and let go and relax. And that's where you find that like ecstatic full body orgasm. And to find that you have to explore on your own. So I do a lot of self-play. I explore my own with different senses and sensory smells and rituals. And I create a whole ritual around loving and pleasing myself. In our society, we're so pleasure deprived bodily right like you can find instant gratification outside on your phone calling someone but like internally we're pleasure deprived and being able to open that container up and explore that and experience it that is how um you find the more intimacy and the more pleasure and and just dissecting like what you want what you like and you'll start to unravel what it is everybody everybody likes to receive pleasure in different ways. Um, and I'm actually, I have a quiz. It's called the pleasure archetype that you'll be able to take next week. And you can take a short quiz and figure out what your pleasure archetype is and how you enjoy receiving pleasure. Yes, please. That sounds fun. Okay. I love that. Ah, So one thing that I'm hearing that that's being laced through that I think is so important is number one, having a self-pleasure practice. But I would say for, for probably a lot of our listeners, um, and this is where my brain goes to is when am I going to have time for that? Like mm-hmm. I don't have time. And that I think is part of the problem, right? Mm-hmm. We don't, the reason that we don't live or breathe pleasure the way children do children like not the sex side of things necessarily but like kids they are so present and they do what they want Mm -hmm. it's not until that conditioning starts to set in around seven to nine years where they're like oh I shouldn't do that because that's not good my three-year-old she walks around she wants to pick up a rock and throw it that's what she does she doesn't like think about how maybe she shouldn't do that or what issues that could cause. It just feels really pleasurable to take this thing and whip it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so kids naturally, but it requires presence. And that's the thing that children haven't lost. They're in that moment. They just show up and they want to do a thing. So they do the thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think for a lot of the people that we experience as far as clients or just like general society, we are living a very urgent lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't have time to do that. And 
pleasure is this thing that is, um, if I get enough done, perhaps I'll have enough time at the end to have pleasure in my life versus going, this actually goes at the beginning (laughs) and it weaves all the way through. And if it's not pleasurable, then this is something that we shouldn't be doing anyways. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that presence piece for, for our listeners is that key piece because for, for someone like you, Cassandra, this is, it's your job. It's your passion. It's your, it's your baby, right? It's like, I will make time for this because it's important to me um, and it's transformed your life. And so for anybody who's listening, I think the key that you've, you've mentioned a few times is number one, it's prioritizing it. That this is not, it's non-negotiable. This is something, this is as important as having fucking lunch. Yes. Right? This is this is a requirement for your health and well-being. It's not like this floaty thing at the end of the day that you're too exhausted to do anyways because you've done all the other things, right? That it's, and then being present enough to do it because embodiment work and self-pleasure, you have to be present enough inside of you, right? You're not thinking about, the groceries you're not thinking about that like thing that happened five years ago you're right here right now in your body experiencing that gentle touch mm-hmm. would you say that that's accurate that's kind of what I've well, absolutely <laughs> yes yeah the presence is the first and foremost uh, because otherwise we're in our heads and we're not connecting to what we're feeling and yeah making that a priority it's just like brushing your teeth, making it a non-negotiable. Because imagine if you were to experience pleasure as soon as you wake up, how everything else would feel. Instead of it being so robotic and neutral and emotionless, it will feel so much better. And you'll feel present in the act of going to the grocery store, cooking for your kids, working on your business, uh, having coaching calls with clients. You will show up way more. You'll show up better, impactful, and you'll be present with everything else in your life if you start becoming present with yourself first and foremost. And that's like, that's the foundation is being present with who you are in in your moment. That's why the body skins are important and presence and intimacy and, and, and Tantra and sex. Like that's, that's how you get out of your head and into your body is allowing your body, your mind not to kind of shut off, but just to like, Start connecting back to your heart. Start connecting back to your body. And you'll start to think less about the external and more about the internal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm just thinking too, there's probably a lot of our our listeners, Cassandra, that are probably afraid to look in the mirror. I have lots of clients um, who I've worked with who <clears throat> would describe themselves as being overweight and come to me to help them lose weight. And even to have pictures of themselves, they don't because they're too embarrassed for a photograph to be um, taken of them. And looking at the mirror um, is probably something that they might be very afraid of. So what advice do you have as baby steps if maybe doing that is a scary first step for them? Yeah, I mean, I would challenge them. You know, I would challenge them, but I would also say that the reason they're afraid is because they're afraid of the thoughts that are going to come through when they do look in the mirror. It's not the actual physical. It's the thoughts that start to harbor in their mind. Like I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm worthless, I'm all of these different things. So with that being said, changing your self-talk 
would help in that scenario. So reframing instead of saying, I look fat in the mirror, right? That's usually, that's one of the first things people always want to judge themselves as soon as they look in the mirror, but just saying like, I love my healthy body, even if it feels really weird, because it will, I've had clients that I, I do this with and they're like, this feels weird. I'm like, I know. I know it's going to feel weird. I know it's going to feel awkward because we've just been conditioned and programmed to think these negative thoughts about ourselves all the time. We're our own worst critics and reframing it to how can I be my own best friend? You wouldn't tell your friend you were ugly or fat or any of these things. You would tell them how beautiful they are, how lovely they are, how amazing they are. And how can we redirect that same energy back into ourselves? So if a mirror scares you, that's fine. Don't use the mirror. But still talk to yourself. Tell yourself, I'm valuable. Like, thank you, body. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Giving yourself gratitude and love versus negativity and hate and judgment. Our bodies will respond to the love, right? They also respond to the negativity and the hate. But guess what they do? They hold on to it holds on to fat. It holds on to dis-ease. It holds on to the, like the crunchiness versus it releasing and letting go. When I started to love myself, well, change my whole self-concept about my body, even if I didn't feel good, that's when I started to shed weight. 100%. When I started to release inflammation from my body is when I started to just like, you know what, let me reframe how I'm speaking to myself. So I would say, let's take an inventory on how you're speaking to yourself. Write down these thoughts that come up. And how can you reframe them to something a little bit more positive, something that's a little bit more fulfilling or empowering versus degrading? I find it helpful too. If you, if you do struggle with that self-talk, just segmenting, like if for these moments when I'm in front of the mirror, this three minutes, this one minute, this 30 seconds, this half hour, whatever it is, that it's just like, not today, sister, or like, not right now. I know you're going to be here the rest of the fucking day. Okay. But right now, this is self-love. Yes. And it's like, you're going to come in like, nah, uh, 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 nice try. Fuck off. I'll be over here loving myself. I'm going to love that my arms are a little bit extra right now because I've been too busy hanging out with my kids and not working out. I'm going to love that because that means I get to like spend time with my kids. And oh, there she comes again. Hey, girl. I know. It's been a while. We'll be back. Like you, you'll be back later. I know, but it's, it's all of that. Um, just like compartmentalizing where it's like in this moment, I'm choosing to show up this way, even though it's uncomfortable, even though it's not something I've ever said or felt or thought before you're over here. Okay. I'm going to be right here. Right. And I find that that presence piece, again, that brings it back to like, you're over there. I'll be right here just for this moment. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. I love that. Mm. I love that, Ash. I love the way that you described that. And that even just giving it a little bit of the timer, I think it would be really helpful for people. Now, uh, Cassandra, you've been talking a lot about sensuality. So why don't we give our listeners three ways that they could bring sensuality into their home? Oh, sense or music. Or yes. Music. yes, 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 yes. Um, so sensuality, activating the senses. Sometimes people, you know, they associate the sen- sensuality with sex. It's really not. It's, uh, it's presence, essentially, right? But just activating all of your senses. We have all of our senses, sight, touch, taste, smell, 
And using things that will activate that. So if that's burning incense in the morning and smelling um, the incense or brewing a cup of coffee because coffee just makes you feel really good and it smells delicious and it activates like that morning nostalgia of the ritual of, of drinking the coffee. Or even if it's having a bouquet of roses in your home, so you can look at them, one, right, activate the sense of sight, but also smell them. They look colorful and it activates that sensual essence. Eating foods that taste good for you, not because you think they're healthy or you're forcing yourself to eat something, but eating foods that are organic and high vibrational and delicious and not processed, eating some fruits vegetables, juices that that will activate your taste buds and make your body feel really yummy because we are what we eat. Pro tip, if you want to taste better, eat better. <laughs> you want to taste better, you gotta eat better. I love yes. <laughs> mm, beautiful. Mm. Um, I have one other question for you. Okay. Um, you've mentioned the word Tantra. So for anybody who's listening, they're like, okay, is that like sex? Is that, and then, so what is Tantra and how can we build Tantra into our life in those, because you said, don't go from zero to a hundred. What are the small little ways that we can all build more Tantric practice into, into our lives? Yeah. So Tantra is the ultimate surrender of everything and it's surrender to the present moment. It sounds like, oh, it's sex, sex taboo and all these other things. And it, yeah, it can be, it definitely can get there, but that's what it is. It's act, the act of presence in different areas of your life, whether that's um, with me and you, if we were in person, acting, being present with you. Everything else can fall away. Everything else can strip away the to-do list, the careers, the calendar, the invites, the text messages, the emails. And it's just being really intentional with your energy and where you are. So if I am with you, I am present with you and nothing else matters. Really seeing you. And so that's what Tantra is really just the act of presence specifically, though, in intimacy, in intimate containers, which does not have to be with a sexual partner. You can have intimacy with a girlfriend. You can have intimacy with your parents. You can have intimacy with your children. It's about the act of presence of being there and nowhere else with another person, whether that's looking at each other's eyes, breathing together, meditating, communicating deep fears, Communicating in general, touching, hugging, holding, and being there in that space of holding, being there in that space of looking at each other, being there in that space of communicating and actively listening and receiving. So it's like a dance of receiving and listening. And you can use, you can use these practices every single day. If you're in conversation with someone, so many times we're in a conversation and we're talking to someone and we're like, oh, I have I want to say something or, oh, now I start thinking about my to-do list for the rest of the day. And I've, I've lost the conversation and I'm back and I'm like, mm -hmm, yeah, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you're like, okay. And the other person will feel like you're not listening. Like, I thought you were listening to me and you weren't. So act like actively 
practicing the act of listening and receiving also. Mm-hmm. Receiving and listening and giving. So when you're speaking to someone, you're speaking directly to them. Nothing else matters. And when someone is speaking to you, actively listening. And if you feel like your mind is wandering to something else, just gently guide it back. Mm-hmm. Gently guide it back to the other person's eyes and you will get back into presence. I have never heard of it described that way. Actually, <laughs> have you ever heard? No, of it? I thought it was all just sex. I thought it was all just like, but like intimate sex, where it was yeah. just like being very, like you said, present, but Tantra being like, I think of like tantric dance and just like there's Tantra like um, facilitators, right? And it's really focused on those lower chakras and just like really getting into kind of feeling um, those lower chambers and the like your vagina mm-hmm. and the different parts of it. So I didn't realize that it was just like everything all the time. Mm-hmm. That into being intimate with the moment, mm-hmm. regardless of what it is. Exactly. I need to do that with my children more. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like I do when you're like, uh huh. Like that's my uh, it's my go to. And knowing that children are literally the most present people on the fucking planet, um, my kids probably they they definitely know that I'm not there. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you for that beautiful reminder. <laughs> Do you guys remember Cosmo magazine? Like, I just remember they would yeah. do the top five tantric poses. And I was like, oh, the pretzel, that looks good. <laughs> like, that's my, my, my earliest memory of like tan- tantra. That's so funny. Yeah. A lot of people think it's just sex. And for me, it's deeper than that. It's way deeper. Um, because to even get to those places of that ecstasy and the, the full body orgasms, those like 30 minute orgasms that you hear of, like you need to be ultimately present and be there and be fully activated in all of the breath, the sight, the smell, the taste, the touch, like activated, because that's how you're going to be able to surrender and release into those delicious, juicy pleasures. Oh, I love it. Oh. Well, you're just awesome. And you know what? You're coming to Canada. Like that is happening. Yeah. I want to go in the fall. Yeah, just good. let me know. Can I stay at your house? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yep. We will do a fall event and it will include you doing incredible embodiment work. And oh, I could just see it being such a beautiful synergy for what it is that we do. And you bringing that uh that bright light and that um, powerful healing in a way that maybe people wouldn't traditionally see as being so powerful, particularly for women. So I'm so glad. Thank you, universe, for bringing her to us. We love you. We love you. We love you. you. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so, so grateful. And I'm so honored to be on your platform and be in front of your audience. I hope they were able to get value from this. And if they want to connect with me, I would love that so much. So I'm so grateful. Well, thank you for being here, Miss Cassandra. Honestly, this is not, this is, it's not even the first time, but it is certainly not the last time that we will have you on and have our paths intersecting because yeah, there's this deep like knowingness. And I feel like that presence, even though we're, you know, we're all in different spots right now, there's this like deep, I feel like I'm looking in your eyeballs kind of like, I just want to like, oh, right. And Angela, I feel the same for you, girl. I just want to like 
just want to swoop you girls in and just like hold on. So thank you for this. It's been pure magic and I can't wait for the next time. Yeah. Love it. So yes, Cassandra is one of the beautiful queens that we will have in the Empowered Collective in May, sharing all that what she does. She is the one that will be handling the body section, really teaching you how to be in your body. Um, And I'm just excited to participate. I'm going to be honest. I'm like... I can't wait to see what you come up with. I can't wait to continue to collaborate, to continue to rise. And I just have one more final question. And that's the last question of all of our interviews. And that is, Cassandra, how would you like to be remembered? Oh, I love that. Mm. I would say, I I mean, what comes through for me immediately is, being remembered as someone who is loving, um, kind, and empowers the fuck out of people. <laughs> Hell yes, Queen. Hey, yes. Man, sister. <laughs> oh, that is such a juicy way to end this episode. That is beautiful. <clears throat> yes. All right. I wish that we could fly to Florida right now and hang with you. It's gorgeous outside, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, but until next time, thank you for spreading light and love to all of us, and we will see you guys next time. Thank Bye. You. Much love. Bye.